we're going to continue looking at the story of Joseph. And the story really demonstrates how God is active. You know, that how God is active in a person's life, even as they go through all kinds of trouble and all kinds of challenges. You know, we see God's presence and his power at every turn in Joseph's life. In fact, what I, what I, when I think of the story of Joseph, I think of God's sovereignty, that God's control over all things in all times. And it really is a story of God's grace. Now, when I look at Joseph, grace comes to mind. And, you know, we talk about how grace, a common definition of grace is unmerited favor. You know, it's God's unmerited favor. And, and it is. It's favor we don't deserve. It's favor we don't earn. But it's, it's so much more than that. That God's grace is the strength and the power that he gives us out of his amazing love for us to walk out his call for our lives. That grace is strength. That God gives us the grace, the strength, and the power to walk out into the destiny that he's called us to live. And, and this is so, so clear in the story of Joseph. That what we see time and time again is God's grace in action. And through all the challenges, and there are a lot, and, and through experiencing God's grace in these challenges, what we see is this Joseph is maturing from this immature young man to someone that God will use to literally save nations and the world. And when he was young, you know, his immaturity cast this big shadow over his future, he talked too much, right? He said things maybe he shouldn't have said about dreams and things like that. We talked about that. He, he, he really didn't understand God's purpose and his call for, for his life yet. And he wasn't really, he didn't talk much about God. He didn't experience God's presence. But what we see now, we see God making a way. God making a way and this dreamer turned slave begins to experience God's grace, God's presence, and his power in a most unlikely place as a slave in Egypt. And, and God wants to encourage you this morning, especially if you're going through a hard situation, that, that really triumph and victory is right there. And it awaits those who would put their trust in God and God alone. And in Joseph's story, what we do, we learn how God actively helps. I mean, God is there. That God is there. The story of Jacob, God is there. And he actively helps those who are going through struggles and suffering and setbacks. And in those difficult, challenging times, God is there. His grace and his power is there. And he will give you the grace. He will supply the power that you need in the situation that you're in because God is making a way in your life right now. And I want to just share really quickly with you three ways in which God will make a way if you would place your trust in him, that he will give you his grace. All right. So the first thing is, if you would just put your faith and your trust fully in him, God will give you the grace to overcome misery and hurt. That God will give you the grace to overcome misery and hurt. 
in Genesis 39, and that's what we'll be looking at today in Genesis 39, verse 1. We read, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was captain of the guards for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. All right? So God in his grace, even as he was sold, put him in this really significant place. He was sold by his brothers, taken from his home. He went from being really comfortable to being uncomfortable as a slave. And, and now he's there, and we wouldn't blame him if he is in a, he's going through misery and because he's in this miserable situation. You know, I can only imagine what that, what that journey, that long journey to Egypt was like. In Psalm 105, verse 18, we read that they bruised his feet and shackles, and, and his neck was put in irons. So it wasn't just, you know, just moseying along. He, he was in chains as he was headed to Egypt. And can you imagine what he was feeling being shackled and, you know, just all messed up, being dragged from home? Can you imagine what he was feeling? The hurt, maybe, I guarantee, right? The hurt, the betrayal, the anger, especially toward his brothers, right? I mean, I mean, who would blame him for that? And it was a real trial. And, and Joseph needed something, that he needed anything from God to make it through all that misery and hurt. And the thing we read is that God did do something, that God was there and God made a way. And verse 2 goes on and says, he's being dragged to Egypt, and then, the, and then says this, the Lord was with Joseph, and he succeeded in everything he did as he served the home of the Egyptian master. Again, it goes on to say, the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So much so, it pleased Potiphar, and so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant and put him in charge of everything he owned. All right? And from the day that Joseph was put in charge, you know, everything in his master's uh, household and stuff, they began to flourish because God was with them. And, and we read these five words that made all the difference in the midst of this terrible situation, right? The Lord was with Joseph, right? Bad situation, but here's the other side of that. The Lord was with Joseph. He was there. He was working in and through his life. Joseph wasn't forgotten. Joseph wasn't abandoned. That God was there. That even in this time of hardship, God was there. And God wants you to know that, that, that he is right there with you when you're going through your tough situation. That if you would just choose to say, God, I'm going to trust you for everything. Just put in the situation you're in right now. Here's the situation. And then you add these words. God is with me. Just as he is with Joseph. You see, God will be there. God was there for Joseph. That God was preparing Joseph to be a world changer. Because that's what he called Joseph to be. That he was, he was with Joseph. That he wanted Joseph to understand that in all things, it was God who was going to supply everything he needed, the grace and the power to make a way. The bigger the call, 
the bigger the call, really, the more we need to know that we can't do things on our own and we need God's grace. And for some of you, the encouraging thing is this. If you're going through a really hard time, maybe it's because God has something really big for you. And if God has something this big, he needs you to have a character that, that, that is this big. Right? Because if he wants you to be a world changer, but your character is here, you're not going to fulfill what God has for you. That's why God keeps working on my character. Because I'm just obnoxious sometimes. I know you don't think so. <laughs> I know you think I'm like the greatest, I'm just obnoxious sometimes. You know? I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm the wor- when I'm sick, I'm the worst guy to be around. I'm just like, Joe, take my head. Joe, you know, I'm, I'm a wimp. And God is growing me. And if you're going through a really difficult situation, perhaps it's because God has something really huge for you. And, God was, and, and Joseph was experiencing God's grace in a real powerful way. He's a slave. He's taken from home. His brothers sell him out, right? And yet, God was with him, and he experiences success in everything that he does. Why? He's experiencing God's grace. He's experiencing God's power. God was giving him the grace as he chose to trust and do the best he could. God was giving him the grace to overcome all the hurt, all the bitterness that he might have been tempted to feel. That God was blessing everything that he did. And someone once said, Pain and suffering is inevitable, but misery is optional. And, and Joseph was learning all about that. He ex- was experiencing pain and suffering, but also God's grace in a really, really powerful way. As a slave in Egypt, God was making a way. And, and God wants you to know that, that, that there is a God-designed purpose for your life. No matter who you are, there's a God-designed purpose for your life. That God created you to be a difference maker somewhere in this world. That he didn't create you just to take up space on earth. That God created you for these good works, Ephesians tells us. That, that you would walk in these good works. See, that you're here to make a difference. And and God created you that way. And that's true for all of us. And so often, God uses adversity to prepare us. Because isn't that, if we're really honest, isn't that when we kind of turn to God when we're going through hard times? And so God uses these hard times to, to help us to grow. But in every situation, there's a choice. That there is a choice that we have to make. Are we going to choose to trust God and make the most of that situation? Just like Joseph, he could have just been monk over there and, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a slave. And, you know, Joseph, I want you to do this. All right, I guess I have to. You know, no. He made the most of his situation. He worked as hard as he could. And as he made those choices, God gave him success in everything that he did. And the choice is, are we going to trust God and make the most of our situation that we're in? Or are we going to choose to look at the hurt of that situation, look at that pain, 
look at the injustice and grow miserable and bitter. Everybody will be hurt. Everybody is going to experience pain. Everybody, right? Everyone will experience these things. But you don't have to be miserable. You don't have to grow bitter. That's a choice we make. God is there, and He will provide the grace, and He will provide the power to overcome all your hurt, your pain, your disappointments, struggles, misery. God is there, and He's going to make a way, and He's going to give you the grace to overcome all your hurt and your miseries. The second thing is God will give you the grace to be victorious over mischief and temptation. Okay, mischief and temptation. Verse 6, Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing. He had total trust in Joseph, right? Except for what? What food am I going to eat today? Like, ho, ho, big ribs, you know, whatever. But Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. See? And here's Joseph. He's thriving, right? In the situation that he finds himself in. And, and given the situation, things couldn't be better, right? I mean, you know, right? But just as things are looking up, just when things are going good, he finds himself in another situation. So how does he respond, right? He's a slave. He gets dragged to Egypt. He doesn't want to be there. That's not his home. He's a slave and all this. How is he going to respond? Verse 8. Hey, come sleep with me. Verse 8. But Joseph refused. He said, look, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And here you have this servant slave taken against his will. He could have just easily given in because his wife, because the wife of Potiphar, he, she had some authority and power as well. And he could easily justify, well, my master's wife, well, you know, she says so, you know, well, right? Or, who cares? You know, who cares? You know, it's like, like, man, I mean, really, like, why, why, why am I worrying about God for? I mean, God's not even here, right? I mean, all these thoughts could have gone through his mind. But God's teaching Joseph something. Joseph is growing. Joseph is learning. And that after all that happened, he's beginning to see God for who he really is. That God was with him. He experienced God's grace. He was beginning to see beyond what his own eyes could see. He was beginning to see God make a way in his life. And no temptation or fleshly pleasure was worth the pain of sinning against God. And he said, no, can't do it. Cannot do it. Right? That was in the end. You know, things got harder. Verse 10. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, chasing him around the house. Joseph, Joseph. Right? right? Probably not like that. You know, like just, I don't know. I just, 
I'll, I'll work on that. I'll do better second service, all right? And, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around. When he went to do his work, she came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. He tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he dug out of the house. All right? And you know right there, I greatly admire Joseph, man, that, that he could have easily rejected God. Right? I mean, I keep thinking, man, he could have said, why should I care about God when it's obvious he doesn't care about me? Right? You know, I get dragged here to Egypt as a slave, you know, and, and it's because of my hard work that I, I have some semblance of success. You know, that, that, that it's because of what I have done. And he could have said all that stuff, but he didn't. He kept resisting, resisting, resisting. And sometimes the best way to resist temptation is to dig, right? And that's what he did. He just ran out of there, you know. He saw beyond all the misery and hurt, recognized that God was there. And he saw beyond all this mischief, all this temptation, that God was making a way. And he said, you know what, I can lose my cloak but I cannot lose God. See? Joseph was learning, and he left. And God was giving him the grace to overcome the mischief and temptation. God was making a way. It's been said that character is who you are when no one is looking. And Joseph's character was being tested by Potiphar's wife every day. No one was there. And yet, he continued to receive God's grace to resist. What do you do when you're faced with a situation where you're tempted to make a wrong choice, tempted to say the wrong thing, tempted to do the wrong thing, maybe tempted to be mean or, or, or harsh? You know, maybe it's the temptation to give in to, because, you know, just the sexual temptation is all around us. You know, what do you do? You know, I, there's a little story about a man and his wife, you know, went shopping in a shopping mall as a wife was looking at um, racks of clothing, a very attractive young woman, you know, dressed kind of provocatively, strode by, and the man's eyes just followed, you know, this young woman. You know, you've seen men like that. I've never done that myself. And a man's eyes followed her, and without looking up from the item she was examining, you know, his wife asked, was that worth the trouble you're in now? Right? Isn't that how that is? Right? right? Was it worth the trouble you're in now? And when we're faced with temptation, we don't think about that. Right? right? And maybe we need the Holy Spirit to speak to us the next time we're tempted. That the Holy Spirit would nudge us. Our, is, was it worth the trouble? Was it worth, was it, worth it? Was it worth the trouble that you're in now? See, when we're in a situation or circumstance that is tempting to make the wrong choice, we got to remember that God is there. And we ask God for the grace to overcome all temptation and all mischief. You know, um, mischief, I, I, I like that word mischief 
because it's, it, it means more than just foolishness, but, but it, it's, it, mischief is, is some, something evil that can be thrown at us, whether it's intended to or not, you know? Um, that's what mischief is. And um, remind me for second service to write down what the definition, because I forgot to write it down in my notes. <laughs> Sorry, come back. But, but you see, God will give you the victory. God will give us the victory over temptation and mischief. He will give us the grace. And he was giving Joseph the grace. But it didn't end there. Because, yeah, God will give us. God will definitely give us the grace to really overcome misery and hurt. And he'll give us the grace to be victorious over mischief and temptation. And then God will give us the grace to rise above mistreatment and accusation. Verse 13, when the wife saw that she was holding his cloak and, he fl- and that he had fled, she called up to the servants, right? And what we read there, look, my husband brought this guy and he accuses Joseph of trying to rape her, right? right? Totally false, but he said, look, look, I got the coach. Right? Verse 19, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph treated her, right? False story. So he took Joseph, threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. How long was he going to be there? Don't know. Potiphar was captain of the guard. You know, some commentators would say that, um, you know, he had a high rank in, 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 in Egypt. Some people say he was the one in charge of the prison. I don't know. That might be the case. But he easily he threw Joseph into <clears throat> prison. And again, we say to ourselves, oh, here we go again. Here we go again, right? Joseph being tossed, not in a cistern, but now into this dark, dingy prison cell. And again, innocent, but falsely accused, mistreated. Potiphar now is fuming. His wife is gloating. You know, Joseph was growing in this situation. That his master may have decided Joseph's sentence, but it was only God who could determine his fate. And he was growing. And again, we read in verse 21 that the Lord was with Joseph. You see? Every step along the way, the Lord was with Joseph. And again, we read in prison. The Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. And pretty soon, it says what? The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. And despite being in a situation that was out of his control, Joseph experienced God's grace to rise above all this mistreatment and all this accusation. He was down, but he wasn't out. He was humiliated, but he wasn't hopeless. Joseph did not explain himself to Potiphar. He did not expect a confession from his wife. He didn't evade responsibility. He trusted God. And again, we see those words. The Lord was with Joseph, even there in prison. God was making a way. 
Following Christ doesn't mean that there's not going to be any mistreatment or accusation. There are going to be hard times that we go through. But in those situations, God will give you the grace, the power, the strength, really to be victorious and to overcome and to get through any man-made or demonic trick, trap, or trouble. That God will give you the grace to triumph. A geologist, Dr. James Clark, I believe that he was a um, uh, professor at Wheaton, Rachel Rockholm, um, visited the Soviet Union a few years ago when, you know, the communism had dissolved, and he was asked to preach at this small Russian Baptist church that had lived through years and years of persecution. Some had been in prison, you know, many, many years because of their faith. Someone, some of them saw their husbands or relatives killed because of their faith. And Dr. Clark, being a geologist, um, decided to use the following illustration. He said, clay is actually composed of many microscopic mineral crystals, which not even the microscope can see. But under great pressure, the clay minerals are not crushed or made smaller. It says, rather, they grow larger. And the minerals, <clears throat> he says, and the minerals change into these larger biotype grains forming slate, which is found <clears throat> on many, many homes. And then with even more pressure, he said, that the minerals become even larger and some get transformed into garnets, which is like a semi-precious gem. And he said, that he, as he was saying this, he explained that this geological process illustrates how pressure and suffering can be used to refine, purify, and mold a person into a more beautiful soul. And then he says, I will never forget what I saw when I looked at the congregation that he was speaking to. It seemed like the whole congregation was sparkling, he says. The old women's eyes were gleaming bright with tears recalling past sufferings. What makes a gem so attractive, he says? It's the reflection. And these dear women and men were reflecting God's glory and God's grace through suffering and all the suffering they had endured, you see. If you're in a tough situation, if you're suffering, maybe you're being mistreated, misunderstood, falsely accused of something, remember that God is there and He will provide a way. That He will give you and He will provide the grace, the strength, the power, really, to rise above. To rise above all that and give you the grace to triumph over all that. As we look at Joseph's story, we see God's grace and power so evident and real. We see how in every situation, God was using that and as, as Joseph would turn to him, that God would give him grace. That when he was, when he was going through misery and hurt, God gave him the grace to overcome that. And then we read those words, God was with him. And then when he was in situations where there was mischief and, 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 and temptations, 
which we all go through. God was with them, giving him the grace to triumph over those temptations. And even when he was falsely accused, he was mistreated, he didn't do anything wrong, he did everything right, and this is what happens to him. God gave him the victory to overcome all that stuff because God was refining him. God was refining him so that he would begin to reflect God's glory and God's grace. And God would use him in this powerful way to just change the world. To which I say to you, you know, let the Holy Spirit speak to you right where you're at. What is the situation you're in? You got a choice. You got a choice. Whatever situation you're in, you got a choice. Stay in that, or will you trust God? Yeah, I'm stuck, I'm hurt, I'm bitter, I'm angry, and just hang on to that. Or let go and, and say, God, I need your grace to overcome all that. That I want you to be with me. That if you're going through temptation, addiction, whatever it may be, or it could be just people just harassing you at work, or whatever, all this mischief going on, you got a choice. You're going to give in or you're going to say, God, I need your grace. And God will provide the grace. And he's going to be right there with you. Or maybe, man, it's like, I don't want to go to work tomorrow, man. Don't want to go. Because I know what's going to happen. You know, again, they're going to say, right? You can choose to be angry and bitter <clears throat> and say, man, you know what? Those guys are just so wrong. You know, I'll show them, you know. Or you can say, God, God, I can lose my reputation. I can lose all that. But if I lose you, oh, so I'm going to hang on to you. And God will give you the grace to overcome that. See? And that you will experience in your life the Lord was with, put in your name. Isn't that better than anything else? Bitterness was with Mark. Temptation was with Mark. You know, foolishness was with Mark. You know, or the Lord was with Mark. I'm not that smart, but I think I choose that, right? I mean, isn't that the good choice? So again, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. God is making a way in your life. God has a call and a purpose for your life, just as he did in Joseph's life. And God will make a way. And God will provide the grace you need, the power and the strength you need to get you to overcome what you're going through and experience everything he has. All right, I'm going to call the worship team up, and uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing a song of worship to the Lord. And I want to say this again, all right? The last two Sundays, we have begun to follow James' instructions, where it says, if anybody is sick, let him call the elders of the church as they anoint them with oil and pray that the prayer of faith will make them well. I want to encourage you, after service, 
If you need any kind of healing, it could be physical healing, it could be emotional healing, it could be whatever kind of healing you need, I want to encourage you, just come up and elders will be here just to pray with you, all right? And maybe you've come last week and said, I don't want to come again. You come every week because sometimes we've got we to gotta wrestle with God like Jacob. We've got to just keep coming and keep asking God for prayer, you know? And we've, saw, we've seen small healings of feet, a rash, you know, things like that. I want to see healing from blindness and cancer and all those things. Can we see those things? Yeah, we can. How? We have not because we ask not. Yeah? We have not because none of you all come forward for prayer. So come for and let's just pray, right? It ain't us. It ain't me. You know it's not me. It's God who will come and touch you with healing. So after service, you know, I want to invite you to come up, get prayer, Great. And it's free. All right? All right? So why don't, we just, uh, why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, we just pray now that you would speak to us. Show us who we are in your eyes. And Father, whatever situation we're in, give us the grace. Give us your grace to overcome, be victorious to rise above whatever the world and the enemy throws at us. Your grace is more than sufficient for us. In Jesus' name.